Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Story Studio Ooh. podcast. Um, we have as our guest today, Shanta Grimes, and we're going to be talking about hustle, which is kind of a hard to define, but very um, be- beneficial isn't a sexy enough word. Like I would say it's an essential thing for entrepreneurs, for um, authorpreneurs, and um, Shanta has hustled in a lot of interesting ways. Um, but she's a writer and teacher. She's got the Ninja Writers community, and we're going to talk about all that. But first of all, uh, just welcome, Shanta. Thank you for being on the show. I'm excited to be here. So is Dave. I'm always excited. Dave's always excited to be here. I was going to say, so is Sean, because he's just like sipping his drink. Like <laughs> he's, he's sipping on gin and juice. I like to sip on my gin and juice. I'm from the LBC. That's what we've always done. Yeah. <laughs> So um, anybody who has a community called Ninja Writers and thinks about ninjas and well, writers in terms of being a ninja, um, curious to hear your sort of origin story and how you got to that point, and uh, then we'll delve in deeper on all that stuff. Do you mean that how we ended up being called Ninja Writers or just in general? I'm interested first in your origin story, actually. So um, I've always been a writer, like my whole life, and um, uh I am a traditionally published novel writer. So I, in 2013 and 2014, I had two young adult books published by an imprint of Penguin. And I'm sure that anybody who's listening here who has ever thought about being a writer, that's like a big deal. Like Penguin published my books. I have like like got boxes from packages with penguin logo and I had an editor at penguin and I just assumed that that meant that like I made it I was a writer and that all I had to do was write my books and then they were going to <laughs> care of all the rest of it how'd that work out not very well and nobody what, what really surprised me is that literally nobody. So there was 18 months publishing. Traditional publishing is very different from self-publishing. It is slow. It takes forever. And it was 18 months from when I sold my book to when the first one was published. And nobody in all of that time said, hey, during this 18 months, you should start building an audience or like connecting with people who might want to read your book or anything. Like and when I asked, I was literally told, nah, like fiction writers don't need a platform. You don't have to do anything. Just work on the next book. And so I did, and it did not work out very well at all. It was awful. And so when um, I got it, I didn't have a very big advance anyway, but when it was gone, I, I couldn't be a full-time writer anymore. I had to go back to work, but I was making like nine bucks an hour as a teacher assistant, and I hated it. And I needed to do something else. So I just started throwing things at the wall to see what stuck. And I started a blog that was actually more of like a, I hate to use the term mommy blog, but more like a lifestyle, let's go with that, a lifestyle blog. And in the, and I did pretty well. Like I, I, um, you know, I was making some money, not enough to quit my job, but some, but in the in the context of that blog, I thought I'm going to do a series where, cause I was going to write another book. I hadn't written it for a while. Um, my publisher dropped me two thirds of the way through a trilogy and it was pretty traumatic. <laughs> and there was a year where I didn't write at all. Maybe the only year in my whole life where I just didn't write. And I was like, I need to write again. Cause that's how I can get enough money to quit the stupid fucking job. <laughs> and um, so 
uh, I thought, well, I have a blog, so I'm just going to write a series of blog posts. Like, this is how you write a novel. For the next six months, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm doing to write a novel. And that series did really, really well. So, like, way better than anything I've ever written, including my books, <laughs> ever. And you did that so, live? Huh? No, it was just blog posts on, like, a WordPress blog. It was like a WordPress.com blog, even like a. It was right, but were you were you reporting your? Um, yeah, I was like talking like step by step, like here's how you like what goes into Act One, and here's how you introduce a mentor, and here you know what I mean. And I just as I was writing it, I just wrote about what I was writing. I'm very linear, so I write in a row, so it worked really. Like I start at the beginning and write through, so it just worked out really well, and. Um, and the blog series did really well. And my email list started blowing up. Um, what, well, to me, it felt like it was blowing up. And um, it was, like it went from zero to like 800 people in six weeks. So it was of just people who really wanted to follow me writing this book. So I um, sent out a, I made a gum road. <laughs> I made a gum, gum road. road sales page, which was just like, because I had, I had this idea for teaching a class, like the opposite of NaNoWriMo, like slow down, let's take a year and really learn how to write a novel. If you follow all of these steps in a year, you'll have your novel written. And um, my target audience was people who really wanted to write books, but had never written one before, which is a lot of people, a lot and um, so I made a Gumroad sales page and I sent out an email and said, hey, I'm going to teach this class if anybody wants to join me. That was my whole marketing plan. And then I went to the movie and then I, during the movie, I was like, what the fuck did I just do? I can't do this. I had not written any of the course. I promised a year of, of classes that I had not done any work for. And I was like, never mind. I'm going to go back home. I told my husband in the car, I'm going to go home and just like say, whoops, like I'm not ready. Sorry. <laughs> but two people bought the class while I was at the movie. <laughs> as much money as I would have made that whole month at my, maybe even six weeks at my, um, like three paychecks at my job. <laughs> and I was like, uh, crap. Okay. So I guess I'm doing this thing. And so I just got to work, like hustled, I guess. And I, um, made a Facebook page and it just all kind of really came together really fast. That class did it. Um, the, the, I think being open and that not a lot of people talk a lot, talk about the behind the scenes of fiction writing. A lot of times it's, um, I don't know, you guys, you guys do, but there's not very many people who do like talk about. It's the, hard to talk about, honestly. Like I find it, well, yeah, marketing you know and people, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go well, ahead, just 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 that that's those are easier. Like it's <clears throat> to describe. Like it's it's easier to follow some sort of a, a prescriptive path with nonfiction. But yes, I think no. with with fiction, if you're talking about actual fiction development, it's it's more vulnerable. It, it, unless you're teaching really broad concepts, like you know, right now this morning I, I wrote something all, all morning on how to construct characters. And you realize that there's either two ways to handle the material. You either handle it from like a bird's eye view and you're a little bit removed or you're really vulnerable and saying, this is how I do it. This is how I make mistakes. This is how I... You know, That's what I did. And yeah. I spent a whole year writing a book that I didn't sell. 
it didn't, you know, and I had an agent <laughs> just didn't sell. It didn't go anywhere, but, um, it changed my whole life anyway, because that class ended up earning like two years worth of my jobs or income. And I was able, I, um, was pretty proud of myself for staying through the end of the school year <laughs> because I did it for the kids. Because that job sucked. My teacher I worked under was such a burnout and she hated my guts and it was awful. People hate me. I'm very likable. <laughs> really hard on me. Me too. I'm very likable. And- yes, right? It's hard for someone to like hate on you every day. It was really rough. So I hated it, but I stayed till the end of the school year. And um and then I quit my job because I made like fifty thousand dollars on this class. But then I had to write the whole class like I was like literally like two emails ahead of it was just an email drip email class. I there's no videos. I still have never made videos. I suck at videos. I do okay if I'm talking to people, but like just talking into a microphone or like into a no, can't do it. So uh, I, it's text based. It was just drip email. Like I literally would write the email. Like maybe I was two emails ahead of the whole class for a whole year. And then I have all the content and then I've just been doing it for three years. I'm doing it a little different this year. I think a big part of hustle is uh, shifting gears when things don't work anymore. It's not that they don't work. I just don't think email based classes do as well anymore as they used to do. Yeah. What do you think the reason for that is? Um, I think because there's a ton of them now, like there were less even three years ago. And I think because, this is going to be rough, but or harsh maybe, but I know I've bought some and been super disappointed with them. So like lots of times you buy and you spend like hundreds of dollars on a bunch of pre-recorded stuff that it's not that great and outdated. Shit. You could say it. (laughs) I said it. (laughs) I have been, I have spent a lot, sometimes a lot, especially right after the class took off, I literally had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I had like no idea. I was terrified. And so I paid a lot of money to someone to coach me. (laughs) And he basically like told me to go do guest posts and stuff that worked really well for him in 2009. (laughs) Well, so, so one of the reasons that, um, because hustle is kind of hard to define. Uh, I feel like Sean might have a good description for, for hustle, but, um, just as an example, one of the things that you're doing really well on that we haven't seen a lot of people make work is, um, you're doing really well with writing on medium and, and ninja writers is, you know, about, uh, blogging and marketing for fiction writers and you don't see a lot of that. And so I'm just, uh, maybe medium is a good place to start to just sort of tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, a couple of years ago I started, I heard about medium, although it had been around a little bit longer than that, maybe another couple years before that. How old is medium? I'm going to say four years, maybe 2015. Um, and I started writing there in the early 2017 or 2018 early. So just two years ago, two and a half years ago. Um, I started writing there and it, I was just experimenting that I'm really big. And I think hustle is a lot about experimenting. I love yeah. to experiment with stuff and just try it and see what happens. That's my life motto. Just see what happens. Um, and so I just tried it and it's super easy. The big thing about medium is that it's just like a super easy. You don't have to mess around with any back, um, back. I don't know what you call it back channel stuff. Um, 
you don't have to. You, you mean backend like, stuff like in WordPress? Yeah, you just like write your post and push pu- publish, and it's done. It goes on. You write it; it looks just like it's going to look on the on the site, and that's that. Um, it's super easy. There's already an audience there, so that's kind of cool. Although it's harder now to tap into that audience than it used to be. Um, used to be easier because there were fewer writers, and you didn't get paid. <laughs> so when I first started, you didn't get paid for writing on Medium. But my goal in life always uh, in my business for since I started in writers is to build my email list. So um, even more than being paid on Medium, I care about building my email list. Although now these days I'm getting paid enough on Medium that it's like starting to even itself up. <laughs> but uh, like I, I'm making quite a... Like I made... I'll tell you. I'll be honest. Uh, last month I made about $6,700 writing on Medium. Oh, that's fantastic. So it's a, you know, a good amount of, like a full-time, like a good full-time income writing on Medium. Um, what are the, I know that this is a totally loaded question, but what are the secrets to that? Because like everybody's going to be like, well, I want to make money on Medium. I've never made yeah. that. Right. And, and is it is it just talking to other writers too? Because how can the average fiction writer? No, so I don't write fiction on Medium at all. I don't write short stories. It's not. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, as your market is other writers, so right? So I, I, yes, I have an answer to this. I'm so excited. So, <laughs> but I write because I, you know, I have a master's degree in, in creative writing. I am a teacher. This is what I like. My, my topic a lot of the times is writing, but I also write about other stuff that interests me. Um, I, you know, both of my parents-in-law live with me. They both have Alzheimer's disease, and they live in my house. So I write. But that circus quite often because it is crazy. So I write about that a lot. I'm going into menopause. So I write about that a lot. I write about all kinds of like whatever is happening. But my main topic, my personal main topic is writing about writing for fiction writers, sometimes about how to write fiction. Like I wrote a post this week, like how to like about dialogue attribution. So that kind of thing. And then also how to the business side of being a writer. So I have two different writing topics that are mine, but that might not be, hopefully, hopefully not everybody's going to turn around and go write the exact same thing that I'm writing. That Right. Right. It's just to clarify, like, because generally writing for writers is, is, is not a good audience because it's so competitive. One thing that I find very interesting is that it's not one of medium medium is like a platform and a publisher, right? Like it's, Anyone can write on Medium about literally anything you want. And they have their own audience. And if you write posts that they uh, that are good enough and meet their criteria, they will distribute them to their readers outside of your own following. It's called curating. So it, um, Medium will curate posts about writing. It's a big topic there. There's a lot of writers on Medium, but it's not one of their favored or favorite topics. So they don't... I, I made that much money... And it, it's not like Medium's giving me some extra love. They don't distribute my posts very well. I drive most of my own traffic. Well, what's the monetization? Like, how does that all work? So just for, for a total newbie, like, where are you getting paid from? You paid from Medium. Is it ad-sponsored? Can you describe that? Oh, yeah, Medium ha- is a membership. And what are the big topics, too? Like, I know if writing's not one of them, probably, like, I don't, cooking. I, I know, actually, probably the best one is, is like, um, uh, productivity and optimization is huge. That's I mean, it. Right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of, um, 
And I write about that topic, but I'm competing with a lot of like 28 year old men. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, <laughs> but yeah, that's okay though, because I drive my own traffic. And I think that's something unique that I do that not a lot of medium writers do. But if you have your own audience, you can be anywhere and you can say, Hey audience, this is where I am right now. I'm on medium. And then I taught my audience how to be good medium citizens because, um, Medium is a membership site. Anyone, you can read some on there, but I think it's like two or three articles and you can read, then you hit their paywall. Um, it's $5 a month, so it's super cheap, five bucks a month. And then you can read anything you want. And if the people who pay $5 like your post, which um, on Medium, it's a little icon that looks like hands and it's clapping. So it's clap for your post and they can clap. I know it, it's totally non-intuitive. But... That's what it is. So if you clap and you clap it to 50 times, which is applause, um, then you get paid a percentage of each person who claps of their $5. That $5 goes into a pool to pay the writers. And it's based on how on the, on the um, interaction with your posts. So it's a little like page reads. Yes. It's, yes. I don't know what that is. Like on uh, Kindle Unlimited where you, you know, you get page reads and, Oh, a little bit like yeah. page reads that people have to actually click the, the link <laughs> or right. click the, but it, um, and it's not necessarily based on how, although the, there is some, it is weighted some based on how long they spend or how long they spend on your post. So if they actually read it, you get paid maybe a little bigger percentage than if they just click through and clap and leave. So do you have like uh, scammers on medium, like you do in Amazon or any other space where yeah. they're just, you know. I just Dang heard it. a new scam on Medium. I hate to even say it because I don't want nobody who's listening to this go do this, but it's like they're calling it um, rapid following. And what it is, <laughs> so bad. I can already smell it. It's awful. It's like people go and they look at the a Medium has a front page and a featured post. If you're um, a featured post, I have two featured posts right now, so you might actually see me if you go to Medium.com. Um, but anyway, they you go on there. And um, they look at the posts that are doing really well and they just write the same thing. <laughs> Not plagiarism, but they write on the same topic as like posts that's doing really well right now. And then it's like... Sounds like YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> People on YouTube do that all the time. Yeah, it's, but they like have to hurry up and try to be like the first person to do that. <laughs> it's awful. Rapid yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That's not even innovative. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, all right. And it's like boring. And why are you even doing it? Like what? I don't know. Go get it. There's got to be something more fun you could do with your time. Like if you don't really want to be a writer. why? It's all about the money, man. They, they don't, oh, yes, they don't but like, it's care not, about the writing. I mean, it is a lot of money. Like <clears throat> I'm making a good amount of money, but I they send out an email every month and it's like 7% of their writers make like a hundred bucks and more a month. How many? What percentage? Seven, very small. But mostly that's because most of their people are not writing very much. You can't write one post and make a bunch of money. Like I write two, usually twice a day on Medium. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's like a, would you say it's a, a, a fair part-time job? Not quite full-time, but half your time? Easily, easily part-time. And how long are your posts? Uh, they do it by... Um, how long it takes to read it. And my posts are usually about five minutes long. So that's usually right around a thousand words, 800 to a thousand words. <laughs> so one of the really short, like I do a daily um, writing 
prompts, which does not count as my two posts. <laughs> so I do two posts. Plus I do, I have been doing these daily writing prompts. They're super like one minute reads and they, take- and are they basically for traffic because you're trying to direct people over no, to your, I, they're for people that are, they're for ninja writers. So I, their medium does not curate those. They don't show them to people that are outside of my own following. Um, but does it help? It helps with engagement, I'm guessing. It helps with engagement, with but it's something I do for my followers I already have. So I use Medium like I would use a website. I don't. I have a website, but I don't write on it at all. I only write. So if I have because they handle traffic for you, right? Or at least yeah, and they bring you know, they bring me in traffic, and it's um, super easy. You can build your own publication in there, which looks like a website. Um. I have one called The Everyday Novelist. If you look it up on Medium, you, you'll see it like looks like a little website. It's got its own title and I can s- organize my posts and stuff like that in there like you would on a website. So and you have seven of those. So so Ninja Writers and, and a lot of the stuff you do is about blogging and um, marketing for fiction authors. So, I mean, I'm most curious when you hear like blogging for fiction authors, that's one yeah. of the things that we've gone back and forth on. So how have you, what are your tips for that? What have how do you make that work? Okay. So, yeah, what are some um, specific like uh, successes that you've seen from your people? My big, big advice is is not to write about your own writing very much, your own fiction very much, especially if you're not published or you're just starting out. Like nobody wants to find hear about your writing process if you're brand new. Like nobody, even probably your mom. Like <laughs> she might tell you that she cares, but I mean, it's boring. Like. Nobody wants to hear that stuff. And your mom is lying. She really hates you. I don't know. No, she loves you, but just like, she doesn't want to know how many words you wrote today. Probably every day. <laughs> um, and then so I, I was telling you guys this before that I got really excited because one of the big like book guru guys <laughs> did a webinar and he was like, um, "I'm going to teach you how how to blog for fiction writers." And I was like, "Yes, finally someone's talking about it." Like I'm going to go see what he has to say. And I logged into the webinar and his big idea was to write a book review every month. <laughs> I was like, come on, dude, like, that's never going to work. Do not write book reviews. Book reviews are for readers. Once you're a writer, you cannot write book reviews. That, that is to me, that's a hard rule. Like you can't be critical of other writers. Not, not really. Right. Critical. It's a vested interest sort of situation. Yeah. And plus reviews, you just have to wrap your head around the fact that reviews are not your business. Review, right. Book reviews are for readers and now you're a writer. So like, well, not your purview anymore. So, so what do fiction readers want to read from fiction bloggers? Literally whatever they, like you want to build an audience of people who think like that Dave is a super cool dude and he's got like he's funny and he you know so you I want like, me to lie to that them. seems okay. like a pretty unrealistic like that you want to follow you want a list of people who think that you're awesome and so you just write about your stuff and you're gonna draw in people who care about the same stuff you do. So I actually have an exercise for this where you just make a list. Four I'm lists. averse to exercise. I just want okay. you to know. <laughs> Mental exercise. Oh, okay. But interest, or think about what you're good at and what you want to be good at, right? Those are, um, so you can approach blogging as a, as a expert or a learner. Um, you can, and then also what interests you and what's interesting about you. So like, um, 
I don't know, my, my dad was in prison the whole time I was a kid. <laughs> so that is something I can blog about is interesting about me. Is that my dad, you know, so sometimes that comes up in my blogging and that, so you have your list and then you can go there. Like I know I could, um, there's a couple websites you can go to, you get your topics, you just go put your topic in and it literally will just tell you questions people are asking about the things that interest you. And then- So it's basic, it's basic SEO, right? It's just search engine. Like they're saying, here's what people are looking for. So can you be a content provider who can satisfy this? So if I'm, if I'm looking at the average fiction author who's listening to this right now, their way for them to leverage medium is to go see what people are looking for, where their knowledge base intersects. Because let's say you also can like you, it doesn't necessarily have to be because medium has millions of readers. I I get, um, I made $6,700 last month and I averaged like maybe 200 fans a day. So 200 people clap for my posts a day. I don't need millions of readers. If, if I had half of that, I still would have made a, a full-time living. Like I'd have made $3,000 last month, which is a ton of money with 100 or so fan, like people clapping for my posts every day. You yeah, don't need that is all impressive. the readers. You just need some of them. And so you need, like I, if you, like I have readers who come to me be, when, because they have a, um, someone they love who has autism or not autism, Alzberger, Alzberger, they have Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. And when they have, oh my God. Okay. Yes. Again, my brain gets ahead of my mouth. I get so excited about that. Um, my, uh, you know, they, they, so they look for me for that. And then when I write a book, even though I write middle grade fiction, you know, it's not like I have to have a list full of 12 year olds. Hmm. Or does that corrupt your also bots at all? Do you when you are? I literally uh, have no idea. I, I'm traditionally published, and I don't have I don't have very much control over Amazon. But I oh I can tell you this. Um, I actually do know the answer to this because I pre-sold about a thousand copies of my my last book to my email list, which was really exciting. But this me. is a fiction book, a, a middle grade fiction book. <laughs> Um, so that, that way I pre-sold a, about a thousand copies of my fiction book and my also bots when my book first came out were a lot of books about writing fiction <laughs> and a lot of Talking. books not, mm. and it took about th- two or three weeks for that to start to correct. And, but it did correct. So is your email list made up of readers or more of the nonfiction of my stuff, but most of my readers are writers. That's pretty impressive that you got a thousand pre-sales. Right. They're writers. If you build your email list, email it's is bonding. important. If you build your email list full of people who um, like you and are interested in what you have to say, then when you have a book or you have whatever, then they're going to, you know, they'll follow you. Neve asked, uh, "Do you uh, do you have to choose the topics that would attract people who also like your genre?" I I don't think so. That was the advice from the um, guru dude. Was like write a book review because then you'll have an email list full of people who read that genre. And I I don't think so. I think once you're published, you can start to build an email list. Like you can have. I don't know, like give away a short story that has to do with your book or whatever. And you're going to start building an email list, especially if you have a series or whatever. 
but most of my audience is people who are pre-published. <laughs> now, what, what about what about writers? Because I do this sometimes on my blog. Write about you know TV shows that you like that mm-hmm. also fit your readers. It's that. Is that something you feel that works or does that fall into the don't review things? I think that, um, well, I mean, that's a good question. I don't don't think it's as um, heavy as uh, strongly would advise it. Like I really strongly advise against being a book reviewer as like you have a book review blog if you're a writer. Writing a review of something every once in a while is one thing, but like having a book blog, book review blog and being a writer seems counterproductive to me i would say um there's definitely you could be like write cultural pop culture type posts and you talk about tv shows or games or whatever that that's my wheelhouse yeah. yeah so it seems like you either have to bond on a very specific subject matter like let's say you know you're writing something about I don't know, mortuary homes or like something like six feet under six feet under was very specific. And like, that's your story. That's where everything takes place. So um, all of your, uh, all of your medium writing is going to be about, I don't know, undertaking (laughs) or whatever, or it's about, it's, it's nothing to do with your actual work and your, um, I don't know, your. The good thing about medium is that it's got, it's so huge that you could literally write about something different every hour and it's not ever going to be, it's not like writing on your own blog where your blog is going to look like a lunatic has written it. If you write about it. Oh, you've read my blog. (sighs) Yeah. So it seems like you're either trying to bond through authority or through personality. Is that correct? Yes. Well, both, although I don't not definitely personality and definitely like your voice and your writing style and, whatever, you're going to find people who are interested in the same things as you are. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like related to the topic of your novels is what I'm saying. So that's hard to wrap your mind, your head around. It can be hard. Like, cause you think, well, I only want readers for my novels, but like people will support your, you know, what does your novel cost? Like 10 bucks. Like if you have built a fan base, those people are going to give your book a, a try and then like either love it or not, or they know people who like your, you know, and they're going to be like, Hey, I really love this writer. And he wrote this book that I think you're going to really love. And because word of mouth is the only thing that matters, right? One of the only things that matters for fiction writing, marketing, all of this other crap we're talking about matters some, but word of mouth is what really matters. If you get this audience who become your fans and they really care about what you're doing, I have zero, I'm pretty sure zero 12 year olds on my email list and, you know, probably some parents and teachers. Um, but lots of the people on my list are not either of those things, but they know someone who's a kid or they know someone who has a kid or they just bought my book because I had emails from people who just said like, this is not what I read. I don't have anyone to give it to you, but they bought it anyway. And then like donated it to a library. I would be curious. I would be curious how that would work for somebody who has to mind the algorithms and stuff. That that is something I'm curious about because I would think you would run into also bought sorts of questions, but I, yeah, I have the also bought questions. All, all I know is that my also bots did, I, I, because I'm not self published, I don't, have a, I don't, maybe I should think about that more. I don't even know how to think about that, except that I did notice it. I paid attention and I did notice that like my middle grade book had no middle grade 
also bots in the beginning, <laughs> like before it was um, on, especially when it was in pre-sale, like I had none. And I was like, oh man, I hope I didn't just like totally screw up my whole thing. But within maybe three weeks of my book being published, it corrected itself. That's great. And you didn't have to run ads or anything to that, right? Like, I have a major publisher behind me. So my book was published by Macmillan, which is one of the big five. So I might have had more early sales than somebody who's brand new and just starting self-publishing would have had. I don't know how it worked. I don't know too much about self-publishing. So it could mess you up. I, pre-sales, I've heard that self-published people shouldn't try work on pre-sales at all anyway. So after your also bots are sold, then you try to sell to your list. Like, don't worry about pre-sales. Tell them about it when your also bots are all set, you know? I don't know. So so more globally on the um, the, the question of hustle is, and, and I, w- I would be curious to hear your thoughts on this, but I'm also curious about Sean's thoughts on this, is it seems that there is a fine line. First of all, hustle is... Um, in my mind, like kind of undeniably necessary for anybody who's going to make it as an entrepreneur. I think that if you don't hustle and you just kind of like, well, whatever happens will happens, then you're going to be eaten alive. And, um, but that said, I think that there's a fine line between hustle and say golden retriever style distractibility where you're oh, doing a bunch yes, of stuff that yes, isn't yes. related. So, yes. so let's talk about that a little bit, unpack it. Where is that line? Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you're talking to me or Sean. But both uh, sort of, but, but he's being, he's being polite because you're. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I, I mean, my answer very quickly here is, um, you have to, you have to wade through that. And I think in the beginning, when you're trying to figure anything out, I think the puppy dog stuff is actually good. It can serve you, uh-huh. but you've got to knock that shit off really fast. And I think that like where we are now as a company, we've done our puppy dog, we've done our squirrels, like we figured that out. And I think that there's still times when we need to dabble. Like, it's just part of the business. If we right. don't experiment, we'll die. So we're right. going to always experiment. But I think that the the window that we give to experimentation at this time has definitely narrowed. Right. I, I totally agree with that. And what I see a lot happen with my students or with just people I know who talk to me, because I have had success, like doing online stuff that a lot of people want to have that success and struggle with. And you guys have too. So people ask me questions like, how do I do this? And what I see a lot is that they start something and then it doesn't do what they want right away. So they come all the way back to the beginning and then they start something else. So right. they work really hard and they're all they're ever doing is getting like to the end of their street. Oh, like, a, like they've driven 2000 miles back and forth from the end of their driveway. Like they haven't gone anywhere because they don't stick with something long enough for it to go through the hard part. <laughs> right. It's like getting through the dip. Like a lot of people quit before they. Yeah, I think that. it's before the dip, right? It's like even before that, it's the learning curve, like the beginning even. Like the dip to me seems like it comes a little later. Like it, it's like even before you get to the learning, like you have to learn. Like I, a lot of people want to do well on medium and they try for like a week. <laughs> well, I've been writing on Medium for three years or two and a half years, whatever. And I've when been did you see the first day. big curve? When did it get obvious where it was like, oh, okay, it's this totally is going to... Different because I was an early adapter. So I, I never had like no audience. And I came in with my Ninja Rider audience too. So it's totally different. But I see someone is asking, Kay is asking if um, 
anyone has replicated it. And right now I'm in the middle of it, like two thirds of the way through an experiment where I just started an anonymous account brand new because I wanted to know, is it still possible? I hate the idea of teaching stuff that doesn't work anymore. Like I don't want to teach somebody how to do something that worked really well in, you know, three years ago and it's not working now. And um, my new account, which I am not, I, I am learning that I'm not putting as much into it as I would if it was my real thing. I'm not writing about my main topics. I'm not, I just post something and let it go and ignore it because I'm busy and it's not my main thing. It's an experiment. It's your experiment it's account. Not, huh? It's just your experimentation account. It's my experiment, like an anonymous experiment account. If you look on, on um, my regular account, you can see I, um, I write every week I write in a, a update of how it's doing. But last month I made like $250 on that account without literally without trying. And I was sick for a couple of weeks and I didn't write anything for half of the month. And I made $250. Only 7% of anybody who writes on medium makes a hundred dollars. So a lot of it is just what you're willing to put into it. And I easily, like my goal was in 90 days, can I be making a thousand dollars? And I, I am 100% positive I would have, if that had been my main gig, I would have made $1,000 or more this month on that brand new account as a brand new writer. Okay. So the big takeaway here is um, if you're listening to this, you're a writer. So whether you write nonfiction or fiction, you're, you're a writer. You know how to put words on the page. And if you're looking to hustle and to make a little bit of extra scratch each month, then Medium is a really good platform to try and do that as long as you're willing to A, work hard and be pay attention to mm. see what is now that doesn't mean going and seeing what just posted and copying it I'll but it does mean um, it does mean really having your finger on the pulse um, seeing what uh, is moving seeing what people are responding to reading comments seeing what resonates with people yeah we have somebody in house who's doing some medium work right now and, and she's just knocking it out of the park but yeah. it's because she is a good writer and she does pay attention. Yeah, and I bet you she's being curated. That's a huge yes. thing. You have to be curated. And so I see a lot of times that people... But that's like, not something you can raise your hand and ask for. That's a quality no, literally thing. Literally, they look at... It is, but it it is a quality thing, but they curate millions of posts. It's not like where they're only picking and choosing a few posts. If they curate... On my new account where they don't know me, there's no name recognition. I don't even use a name. It's like a word, like a totally made up title that's not even a name. Um, they don't know who I am, but I've been through the learning curve and I know how to write to their aesthetic or whatever. And my 90% of my posts are being curated. So brand new writers can get curated. And what I see a lot is people saying, oh, it's impossible now to get curated. But I 100% have proven that it's not because I have a brand new account that like with no followers or anything and I'm being curated your um, person behind the scenes is being curated like it, it, you can be curated you just have to learn how to be and if you're writing so they're like I'm writing five days times a day some of them literally five times a day um, but they're not being curated that's like totally horizontal growth right <laughs> like doing the same like the wrong thing five times a day is not ever going to get you like you Wait, it's not? <laughs> Damn it, what have we been doing? Yeah, first figure out how to be curated because otherwise you might as well be on a WordPress blog because you give up, you trade off stuff for writing on Medium. Like um, you give up the ability to optimize your list really well for 
email list building. They're totally ad free. You can't advertise your books on Medium the way you can on your own website. You're trading that stuff for their audience. So if you don't learn how to write to their audience, you're trading your end and not getting the benefit of their end. You might as well be on WordPress because you're not getting any followers from them anyway. You're just relying on your SEO, which you can do better on WordPress or another blog where you can optimize your, you have more control. You're giving up some of that control. It's just like with traditional publishing. Like I'm giving up some of control for the benefit of having like a editor and a lawyer and a whatever that they give me. If I you, like give up the control and I don't gather those things, like what the hell am I doing? Do you think if somebody is blogging on Medium, um, that they should... Can, can you repost this stuff to your own blog? or You own yes. it 100%. Even if you're in a publication. So lots of people have publications, including Medium. That's like their new thing. They have their own publications. And um, uh, even if you're in one of their publications, you own your work. You can pu- republish it on your blog. You can republish it, resell it, put it together in a book, whatever. So is there a, a, a best way to go about doing it? Like, would you want to post to Medium first, then your own blog? Or at the same time, is there... Does it matter? I mean, I, would you be taken away from your own readership on Medium if you went right to your own blog? No, I don't think you would be taken away from anything. My, This is not my wheelhouse, but I will tell you my research that I've done on it is that first that Google will not penalize you for being for cross-posting or having to your same, um, t- same exact post in two places. I don't think Google will... I do think um, that there's some medium is such a big site that there's some benefit to having a backlink, like so posting in your regular site and then posting on medium and then saying originally posted at this, okay. um, um, having a backlink to you. I think there probably is some benefit to that, but I'm not, that's not my, I, I'm not really good at it, but that's what I think. That's my research has shown me, but that should be um, with a grain of salt. But what I would do, and I don't do this because I only post on Medium, but if I was going to totally cross post everything, I would post on my blog first. But I would, I wouldn't wait. Like I would just post it at the same time or the next day or whatever. I don't think there's like a waiting period that's really important. Okay. So um, as we're closing down here, how do people like? Can people join Ninja Rider still? Is that open? Is it closed? What's the best place to go? Yeah never closed um i can put i have so i have a membership site where i um have uh weekly video zoom chats just like this and i just am there to answer questions um i, I do a fiction one and non and blogging um i'll put the link in the um in, in the chat. Well, yeah, Neve will grab that. We also have, um, Shanta has a link that we'll share in the show notes. Yeah. Um, if you, I'm going to, let me just say really quick. Yep. If you use um, this code, you can get the first month for five bucks. Okay. Awesome. So we'll share that in the show notes. Um, and then there's more stuff in the show notes. You can get a, a, a couple of free books, um, and just good. Yeah. Good, one good of them is like every, literally everything I know about writing on medium. Well, that, that could be relevant. So that would be, <laughs> it, yeah, literally like everything. Every, What's included? Everything. Love it. Everything that I know, and I have spent a lot of time trying to learn how to do this stuff. But like, how to get curated, how to make a publication, how to get started, how to figure out what to write about. Everything. 
All right, fantastic. And then um, from our perspective, we are releasing Endless Ideas next week. That's a book. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. That's a Sean and um, Silver joint, which you can find out. We'll talk about it on the list. If you want to know about that, it's... I knew Sean would be involved in that somehow. Sterling Sterling (laughs) and Stone.net. Yeah, it's... During the CTA, during the CTA, definitely (laughs) keep talking. Sterling and Stone.net slash Stone Table if you want to um, uh, know about those things. Um, so, oh, and next week we're going to talk about the matrix, which I happen to have watched twice recently before realizing we were going to talk about the matrix. So that's pretty cool and break it down. It's one of our that timing works out for Johnny. Yay. Yeah. On the next, on next week's show. So that'll be cool. And is Dave going to be like, yeah, I watched that 10 years ago. I don't need They to probably just it, removed so. it from Netflix. I'm going to have to friggin' buy it now. You bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure it's somewhere you can torrent that. <laughs> I don't torrent. So, yeah, yeah, right. No, for real. I don't. I'm I know you don't. <laughs> so thank you, Shanta, so much for being on. Um, I'm real curious about the the medium strategy in in particular. I'm interested in a lot of it, but I'm interested in that in particular. And so if anybody else is, um, obviously check out the show notes for this episode and follow the links and all that good stuff. And just thank you so much for uh, for being on, Shanta. Thank you for having me. Thank you much. Excellent. So we will shut it down. See you guys next time in the next episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Bye-bye, y'all. Adios.